You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Alright, for this episode we'll be talking about Al Green. Let's stay together in the room. I have Rob. Hello. Ben. Hello. Vic. Hello. And Adam. Hey. Let's Stay Together is the 1972 album by the soul singer Al Green, released on the 31st of January on the high label. It was produced by Willie Mitchell and the genre is soul. And from the book, Kenneth Burns. Ken, Ken Burns? Burns? Not ah. Ken Burns. Kenneth, Kenneth. Burns. In 1969, producer Willie Mitchell signed a 23-year-old singer named Al Green to Memphis-based High Records. Green was originally from Forest City, Arkansas, just across the Mississippi River from Memphis. And that year, he was performing with R&B group The Soulmates, which had mild success. Mitchell and Green soon began collaborating on records, and they triumphed with Green's 1972 album, Let's Stay Together, the title track of which sat atop the singles charts, for nine weeks. Mitchell, a band leader from Ashland, Mississippi, had joined High Records in 1959, and there he perfected the high sound, a dense sonic wash that featured growling organs and tight horn and string arrangements. Mitchell's production techniques had some of their, their clearest expression on Green's records, thanks in no small part to Green's voice, a startling and supple instrument capable of leaping with no advance notice from a scratchy growl to an aching falsetto. Let's Stay Together takes remarkable music risks. The title track, for example, has a melody that ascends and descends unpredictably in a manner rather unorthodox for a top-selling pop record. Meanwhile, another track, La La For You, explores a dissonant minor key. Elsewhere, Green takes a pleasant, if undistinguished, beat G's tune, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, and turns it into a devastating lament, epic in scope. In the mid-1970s, Green began devoting more of his time to preaching. In retrospect, the change seems not altogether surprising. Sensuous, soulful, and transcendent. Let's Stay Together is healthy spiritual food indeed. All right, what do we think of Let's Stay Together? I love it! Yeah, I love it too. It's It's a great album. I often put this on Sunday morning. This yeah. is like mm-hmm. my Sunday morning jam. You get up and... Instead of going to see him preach at his own church, <laughs> <laughs> this is how you... Do you have this church. on vinyl? I don't. I think it'd be cool to hear. Oh yeah, on yeah. I've got some. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember if I have this one or not. I want to go for a while. I, I, I've I've never done it, but I've wanted to make the the pilgrimage down to his church. I certainly considered oh. it, but yeah. then you also have to go to church. So yeah, but it's like Al Green Church. It's I like know. An hour and a half of your day, and it's Al Green. I know. I know. He's gonna be. Where, you know, where, he's gonna be singing. Where yeah. is his church? 
South. Yeah. Is I it in Memphis? I mean, no, no, because he's it's from like Arkansas. he's from Arkansas. Yeah, so. I thought it was in Arkansas. Yeah, he's right, but, right across. Um, it might be Arkansas. I'm trying to remember. I used to know because we we almost tried to go on tours. <laughs> um, yeah. I was sad to read the backstory of Al Green and his trouble with domestic abuse. Which All he I know is he had, once got Oh, it a, is in Memphis. He got a face full of Brits once. Yeah, right. yeah. That's, I, I thought it was a lap. I, or oh, okay. It was on his arm. Uh, sure. I can I can share that story if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, October 18th, 1974, shortly after Al Green explore, uh, explores Your Mind Was Released, Mary... Woodson White, his girlfriend, assaulted him before committing suicide at his Memphis home. Oh, shit. I didn't know the second half of that sentence. Uh, Yeah. Uh, She was already married. White became upset when Green refused to marry her. She doused him with a pot of boiling grits while he was bathing, causing severe burns on Green's back, stomach, and arms, then killed herself with his thirty-eight handgun. Holy shit. Police found a note inside White's purse that declared her intentions and her reasons. So hmm. he was kind of messing around. That wasn't the troubling part, though. The troubling part was his, like, three wives slash girlfriends that he, like, pretty much assaulted and then uh, confessed to later. I think one he uh, threw a shoe at it, or hit with a shoe, and it what, was not good. Was it I, it the, was not a warm, fuzzy feeling yeah. um, after listening to this album right. for so many years. Was it yeah. the Brit suicide incident that... Set him towards the Lord. There were two incidents. That was one. So, yeah, the grits. So, I was looking at a timeline. We got 1973, yeah. he became a born again Christian. So yeah. Like, okay. A little bit after this. Yeah. 1974, October was the grits incident. Yeah. It doesn't mention what, her suicide. Yeah. Was that like an but, immediate. But that it says like, he spent months in the hospital and vowed to never sing secular songs yeah. again and devoted his career to gospel music. Yeah. Um, he, he later started incorporating those songs back into set lists in the late 80s, but then he bought his church in 1976, and Vic was right, it is in Memphis. I, huh. For some reason, I thought I would have remembered that, but yeah. I guess I'm an idiot. Yeah, he had two incidents. That was one, and the other is he fell off the stage. Mm. That like, just happened to Lady Gaga. And in, in, in when he fell yeah. off the stage, she... A fan carried her off know. the stage. Oh, is that what? I'm like she, she was like she. It was a bit they were doing, and she jumped into his arms, and he just stumbled backwards. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what do we think of this album? Though? The high record sound, though. Yeah. I love this sound. Dude. So, so what else? Uh, what else did high records do? I mean, they obviously were in Memphis around the time that like Sun and Stax were kind of receding from. From you oh, know the Stax. prominence in Seoul, Stax had given up the ghost. That's true, also. And if you've never been to the Stax Museum, I just in went Memphis, for the first time. It's so awesome. It's I was there really in cool. I really want to go. There's yeah, some of those. Really cool. There's at least one of those Stax ghosts hanging out in these recording it. sessions, though. Uh, mm-hmm. On drums in this album is Al Jackson Jr. of Booker T and the MGs. Oh, really? Uh, Stax oh, that's band. cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. The, they were the house band yeah. for Stax for a long time. So that's the drums you're hearing. You're hearing the Memphis horns, mm-hmm. which I honestly don't know that much about the Memphis horns, except that they played all over the place and they're from Memphis. <laughs> but uh, the the organ sound on mm-hmm. this record, that like that 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 Al Green song, warm Hammond organ. I was gonna say, yeah, production wise, another thing, his the way his vocals are mixed. Mm-hmm. I I can't say now for sure if it's always or if it's just this record, but. They're kind of for for somebody who is the the main feature. It's called Al Green, right. you know. 
they're kind of low in the mix because he he changes his um like decibel performance so much because he'll do those real like low like you know like you know, like mm-hmm. just kind of like and then he'll get up there and it's interesting because they sort of mix them a little bit lower than you would expect and with almost no compression because if if you were to hear a modern singer in his style it would be compressed like crazy yeah and the vocals would be so on top mm-hmm. but in this record it kind of like simmers in there as if it was one of the instruments yeah. and it'll, it'll peak out yeah. and it'll and suddenly it'll rise up and it'll be like considerably louder in the mix it's for me like as a listener and as somebody who you know has to like approve my vocal level on mixes and enjoys dynamics i am stunned by how the, where, how low the bass level is, especially with a singer like him. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't lose any quality. It's just stylistic, uh, very different than uh, than today's mixes. Hmm. Um, no compression that I can tell. I mean, yeah. you know. Even, even that first, you know, let's stay together, kind of that whisper. Yeah. Like, I didn't. I don't think I picked up on that for the first yeah. wh- however many times I've heard this song. Yeah, right. I thought I put on headphones. I mean, uh, I think yeah. he's oh, just, did you just hear it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's. Funny. I mean, I think he's just moving closer and farther away from the yeah. mic, and what you're hearing is a choice to, to a conscious choice to mix it a little bit lower, so that when he does get louder or closer to the mic, you know, they're obviously watching the faders and everything, but. It has it just has a really different quality than a lot of soul singers who are up front. If you listen to like Aretha or something, mm-hmm. she's up front the whole time. She's way on top because you. I mean, you want to hear Aretha. or even someone who has a little has that cadence. I mean, Sam Cooke or something. Yeah. I mean, he's still right here. You know, this far away from the mic. Yeah, it, it, you're right. He does I, seem like he kind of pulls back and. In, in, I'm trying to forward. tell though. I'm yeah. trying to tell like if it's a production choice or if it's him. It's mic hmm. control. It's for me like that's the stuff I always notice because. Yeah. Mic control can be crazy for a live show. And I would love to, like, I do need to maybe go see him sing a song of the church and just see how does he work the mic. Yeah. He's probably got a headset mic at this point. Yeah. He's Garth Brooks and around that stage. Why not? such an interesting texture to it yeah it really does i mean it's melodic and then it can be really raspy and just kind of on this edge and i know it's got a lot of expression it's like sweet grit it's like it's this idea that it's like it's so soft and gentle but Mm -hmm. it's also like a little rough around the yeah and that's why i think i think al green is it's got a rawness am i right like if you were to have to name like three of the sexiest singers of all time Mm -hmm. like al green is up there right he's up there Mm -hmm. i mean yeah like, I think for almost anybody, hmm. that he comes to mind. Tim, Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good choice. Um, and Tom DeLong. <laughs> is that the guy from Blink-182 Blink and Angels and Airways? Where is Robin Gibb? 
Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah, he's in there too. <laughs> like that that Billy Goat thing. Uh, interesting that he did cover a uh, Bee Gees song. On yeah, this and from yeah. a previous from, album from that Trafalgar. we've done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that does the falsetto correctly though. Yes, uh, he does. He's not a dying sheep. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, I, I was so pleased, you know, because I had recognized that song from listening mm-hmm. to this album. I didn't before. realize that was a BG song until yeah. I was looking into stuff about this album. So, yeah. yeah you should listen to the Bee Gees version. Uh, yeah. yeah, it is very different. Elevated the source material. Yeah. I'll have you yes. know. He did. Congrats, Al Green. Thank you. Yay. But does that song need to go on for the last, like, minute and a half of it? No. Gosh. That's a big I, I, question it, that we ask yeah, a lot. Yeah, is, is, is yeah. The, and I'd never thought about that until I was listening to it just the other day. And it's and it's also because it's the last song on this album, and I'm just like, really? It just keeps going, and it's super repetitive at the end. Yeah. just kind of just dies it out is, until somebody just shuts it off is kind of when the song ends. I don't know. It is the only song breaking... Uh, Four minutes. It's like on six the album. minutes. Yeah, it's six, Are we almost six about and a half. How can you yeah. mind a broken heart? Yeah. yeah. Is that the last song? Uh, this no, it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not. But it's, but it's, it's close, close to the end. end. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So did Albert grow up in a, uh, like, was he church singing before he got into this? Like, did, did he so, go, like, from God, away from God, his, back, back to God? Uh-huh. No, he was actually kicked out of the house at an early age when he was a teenager. Um, for listening to Elvis Presley and yeah. Wilson Pickett records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His family was very devout right. uh, mm. Christian, like mm. very, very. And they came from Arkansas, but they moved to Michigan, actually. Yeah, Grand Rapids. Uh-huh. Interesting. And uh, so he kind of, he did sing in the church, early, you know, as a as a young man. But, but he, but he, he, he wasn't was, coming from the gospel background no, with all the uh, vocal tricks he's it. doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He strictly started in high school doing, you know, practicing his vocals and really picking up on anything he said he could get his hands on. And he really liked Elvis Presley. I want to hear the soul Also mix. Jackie Wilson. Jackie Wilson. Yeah. That, he got another. in trouble for that one. Yeah. Right. Man, who gets in trouble for Jackie Wilson? Nobody should because well, Jackie Wilson's wonderful. Al Your love keeps lifting me higher. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't talk that smack around me. Right? You got big ideas, huh? <laughs> you want to get higher, huh? Yeah. Oh, I see. Kids, you want to be loved? Kiss today. <laughs> kids Lonely today teardrops, you say? <laughs> nice. Um, uh, it's a very strange world if you've never been around born again evangelicals yeah. where they consider. Anything that is not that's just secular that is secular yeah. to be something they don't they right. don't approve of. I know what he means when he says "reap petite." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's it, my last. He was, uh, <laughs> he was the uh, s- the sixth of ten children, mm-hmm. which is I, whenever I see numbers like that, just always blows my mind. Like just those massive families and family. Yeah, they were sharecroppers. Like, mm-hmm. just that's why you have ten children. Yeah, you yeah, no, spread I get that work it. around. Yeah. But yeah. but I have to say that it is incredible. Just like thinking about, you know, for a man who you know, how old is he these days? Like, let's see. I mean, he's what, like, well, he's twenty three in nineteen seventy two. Yeah, so he's yeah. born in forty six. But uh, okay. I mean, mid seventies. Yeah, but like, it's just interesting. The so he would be reading back to that era. It seems so distant. Seventy three. Yeah, it seems very distant. You know, just the 10 kids, son of a sharecropper. It just sounds like a, a very different time. And it's always fascinating to like go back 
in this book because there are people that think that it's easier to connect to from the past that don't seem that far away. But it's like his story, you know, he's from a very different place. And it's it's just fascinating, like, to see where all these people come from and, you know, what if you're trying to get at what, like, why are these people such great artists? Like sometimes it's, it's their story. You mm-hmm. know I mean? He probably cared deeply about music and singing partially because it was forbidden to some mm-hmm. extent, you know, there was something held back and I'm just, I always think that's something to think about yeah. with, with mm-hmm. guys like this. Yeah. So one of the ladies, those are nice too. Yeah. And the grits. And the grits. <laughs> yeah. Didn't as much. He didn't want this. Too much grits. Yeah. yeah. Too hot. Less on the grits. <laughs> so soft right now. A lot yeah. of this band has the same last name. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's brothers. It's that they're <laughs> the uh the the high rhythm section for for what was it? High records. High records, uh-huh. At Charles Hodges on organ, Leroy Hodges on bass, and Mabin Teeny Hodges on guitar. It's a family affair. Yeah. It's a family affair. Sometimes too when I listen to this album, I I mean, even though it's in this book, I've thought about it before of going back to that uh, Frank Sinatra album. Mm -hmm. Because all these songs really flow in the wee small hours of the morning. Mm -hmm. All these songs really flow into each other and they all have a certain cadence that somehow makes it seem like the same song, but also exciting. Every song is different and kind of new, but it has the same feeling yeah mm-hmm. al it's green's like entire whole... career sounds the same okay like, like, like yeah. I, I in like the best possible way mm-hmm. yeah it's it's so hard like in the acdc way yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. no and i think like he has not like he has figured out i, I would argue that like Etta james is another person where it's like just mm-hmm. put it on it's great mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just i don't think Etta james is in this book just realized we would have covered it by now. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. But like, I was just trying to think of people who like, they have one thing that they do so exceptionally well. I mean, I mean that where it's just it, timeless and perfect and it shouldn't change. And like, it's funny to put like Etta James and Al Green in the same sentence as ACDC, but it works. It's like, if you are so good at doing something in in a style. I mean, even Iron Maiden, to some extent, if you want to get into that, like, heavier territory. You know I do. Yeah, but <laughs> I just mean to say, like, if, if you can excel on a certain level, I don't, I don't think it makes that much sense to to change it. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm a guy who, like, every time a record that's really diverse comes up, I, I, that's what I praise it for. That's mm-hmm. what I like. But some people... Well, just got it, and Al Green's got it. Figured out a formula. You yeah. know what I want? Just keep on delivering doing it this. to me. He's yes. a one-trick pony. Just that really pony good, is doing a really, really great trick. Yeah. That, ever yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> trick just scratches my itch, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I like, yeah. And then I would, I wouldn't even say it that way. When something's so good, when something's so good that it doesn't matter if it's the same. Like you just, you're not even thinking about that. You're just saying, yeah, put that on. It's awesome. It's mm-hmm. great. I want that. Yeah. And you're not like I, when I listen to ACDC, I'm not thinking these songs all sound the same. I can acknowledge because I have a brain that, like, <laughs> that there are some similarities. Mm-hmm. And like if somebody really wants to talk about it, well, the sure. beers I'm pounding are <laughs> yeah. doling that hard. <laughs> yeah. sensation. But uh, yeah, the the time. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the 
But I think when you hear just something that's so good and you just never want it to end, like like an Al Green record, yeah. I'm gonna bring ride with it. I'm gonna bring back a question that I proposed in the earlier episode. If Al Green was a drink, what drink would Al Green be? Mm. I have one. Oh, go for it, Birch. Hot buttered rum. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. I thought a fine cavassier. Ooh. Ooh. I think it's a something that you sip and you never change from it. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, I was thinking something like a bourbon yeah. where you're just nursing it and you could just nurse it ten it's times. It's a little harsh, though. It needs a little smoother. A little mellow. Mellower. Mellower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's better. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> On the rocks. Okay. Right? Yeah. Sure. I don't I know. On the rocks, uh, on the rocks, mellows it. Mm-hmm. That's what I was sure. thinking. Corvassia yeah. on the rocks. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's very good. I think you nailed yeah. it. Okay. I use decaf coffee. <laughs> 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 no. No, it'd be a nice that. tea. It'd be a nice tea. Mm-hmm. Big a chai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something that's like a little spicy because when he gets like. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a dirty chai latte. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. I think that's pretty tight. Warm. Yeah. Dirty <laughs> chai chill. latte. That's not, I get that. It's a good, it's a good record. You should listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's relaxing. I don't think I'd ever put it on on purpose. Personally, really? I wouldn't uh-huh. wake up on a Sunday and, really? and do this to my wife. Ah. She give it a shot. I don't know, man. Not her style. Yeah. Well, no, but I I like the fact that she likes to sleep, and I try not to be a a loud guy. I know this is quiet, but I don't know if it's quiet enough. Mm. Uh-huh. So when you say you wouldn't put on this record, what you mean is you wouldn't put on any record? Um. No, I might put on Dope Smoker. <laughs> Very <Okay>. low. <laughs> Just some like sleep. Yeah, man. <laughs> it doesn't like sleep it's, on a Sunday. It's got sleep in the title. Yeah, of it's, course. It's, it's sleep sleeping. <laughs> Why are you waking up? I'm blasting sleep. <laughs> I'll try it. I'll try it. All right. What do you think, Ben? Uh, f- full positive for yeah. me. This I. I uh, I wasn't familiar with this album. I knew I knew yeah. the the hit. Uh, this, but this is the first time I have heard eight out of these nine songs, and I will continue to revisit it. This is absolutely going to be on a short list for me for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, had not listened to it beginning to end. Knew the you know the the big hit, and then um, how do you mend a broken heart? Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's great, and I do think it'd be a cool one to have on vinyl because I think it'd be it'd be a nice record to just put on, and and you don't have to necessarily focus on it, but it would just be nice to have. Just I don't know, there's a warmth to it, so I like it. Yeah, that's how I've always listened to Al Green. I mean, it's just like I mean, I've put his records on hundreds of times, or you know, been in a situation where someone else did, 
like a lot of times in the van we listen to Al Green because everybody likes Al Green. Yes. <laughs> you know, like just one of those things that everybody's like, yeah, cool. That's not oh, like you just it's sort of thoughtful music. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, obviously I'm, it's a positive for me, but uh, I, I think he's great. I think this record's beautiful and so subtle and quiet and elegant. And uh, yeah, I mean, for me, this is something I listen to him somewhat frequently I don't really know the words to most of his songs. Mm-hmm. I just zone out and feel really pleasant when I listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... I, I enjoy him in a way where it's just like, here's a person who has a gift of singing. This person is a gifted performer. You yeah. Know? And... He could be singing the phone book. Yeah, he could be, yeah, seriously, just going through a list. And yeah. I I might not even notice for a while and, because I, I'm... I just enjoy the delivery. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's just if it's the right moment, there is a there's a moment for Al Green. Yeah. Is Al Green a thing that you'd put on when your bandmates are being cranky? Like, is it something that settled the band down? <laughs> not, a totally honest question, mm-hmm. not not leading. That's a great question. I, no, I never would have thought of it that way. But it was more just like you know, there's like a general tone of fatigue in the van, and so like anything that. Um, Anything that is like calming without literally putting you to sleep, uh, you know, for the driver's sake, mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff always went over well in the van, in my opinion. And um, very so I, soothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just sort of like you know, sometimes if you're just tired, and you're like, I'm, I'm in the car for it's been six hours today, and we're in the third month. You know, it's you just don't want to, you don't want to always listen to like. Even your favorite aggressive music. Oh, no, no, no. I, so, as you know, but, like, so, yeah, I think it's not, like, it's not, like, to, to calm anybody down, but it's, like, to keep the calm possible. I used to <laughs> put the Harry Potter books on CD on when Ryan was getting cranky. That's amazing. <laughs> and shut him the fuck up. Yeah. Every time. It was, it was it's so like a good. pacifier. Absolutely. I mean, hit 60 I, miles an hour and he's out. Because I, I, I loved it, it, but, yeah, like, it just, it, it, it settled everybody yeah. down. Yeah. They just shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, total positive for me. I'll continue to put it on the Sunday. Yeah, Sunday morning or Saturday morning or something. It's just a nice nice thing to kind of wake up and it's uh, yeah, like you were saying, it's it's not that like super aggressive. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking while you're talking though, I think this is probably what people who make adult contemporary music think they're making. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's and they're not. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I will say it's like modern R&B and like indie music that's like essentially all adult con- contemporary. I don't know why, but like it rarely ever affects me in the way that this does. You know, that's it's why because I think it's got is... that like it's got the horns behind it. It doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It does have a bit of a. It has real actual soul yeah. instead of some yeah. produced. Yeah. I, I think know, there's a there's like a. Real actual soul. Yeah, real actual soul. Like well, it's got a very authentic kind of like Memphis soul sound to it. It doesn't Players sound in intentionally room. commercial in the way that like like really like dull I don't even want to call it R and B, but like right. what is considered often R and B the last twenty years, like it it's a very different tone. I mean the songwriting was just incredible during this era and it's and you gotta credit you know, the people who are, who are 
putting this kind of work together. Robin Gibb, for one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey. <laughs> There's a reason why the BGs are in this book. <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, next time we'll be talking about The Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. Down on yeah. Main Street. I can think of younger days When I lived for my life Was everything a man could want to do I could never